In the song, sisters are doing it for themselves. Aretha Franklin and Annie Lennox sing Behind Every Man There Has To Be A Great Woman. And as we've already touched on in our previous episodes on obsession and stadium building, when it comes to members of the Segudier community, this is almost always the case. Without the approval of our other and better halves, we wouldn't be able to indulge ourselves quite so much in our favourite hobby. So this episode is dedicated to the long-suffering and indulgent Swags, Segudier wives and girlfriends. In this episode, We'll hear from the unsung heroines of the community, the Sibutio Widows. All that and more coming up in this episode of Finger Fucking Good. Keep listening. There's an interesting story behind the genesis of this particular episode. The lady that cleans my room at school, Annette, has become a follower of the podcast and can now name all the members of the Netflix team. Although she's never played the game in her life, nor known anyone apart from me who has, she nevertheless came up with the great idea of dedicating a show to the Sibutio widow. So in honour of Netta, I decided to take up her idea. To kick off this third series of the podcast, we're going to have a little fun with the format, and in true Mr and Mrs style, we're going to hear first from the men, while their partners put on the sparkly headphones and disappear into another room, and after that, the gloves are going to be well and truly off when we hear from the women in their lives and what they think about their partner's hobbies. First up is Stuart Grant, aka the Subutio Collector. Stuart is the face of the YouTube show Ubutio, as well as one of the four hosts of Netflix, The Subutio Show. I asked him what he thought his wife might have to say about his obsession with little plastic men. His answer, like most of us, was pretty delusional. Yeah, she'd probably say she lets me get on with it because it keeps it out of her way. I suppose if I'm in here, I'm not getting under her feet, getting in her way. (laughs) Paul Darks who is on Twitter as at Pad, is the owner of a very large and impressive Subutio collection, which we discussed at length in episode two of the last series. He's another person who appears to live on that male-populated island called Cloud Cuckoo Land. Here's what his response was when I asked him the very same question. What do I think? What, what do I think my missus would say? She would say, I reckon... Uh, I just let him get on with it, let him do what he wants, because she know she knows I do anyway. So I think she'll just say, "Just do what you want." I just let him do what he wants, buy what buy what he wants, do what he wants, and that's what I do anyway, whether she says it or not. So it doesn't make any difference, really. <laughs> that's the truth. Those responses were not, if I'm honest, entirely unexpected. In a 2018 online article for Allure entitled. Hey men, it's not my job to like your hobbies if you don't give a damn about mine. The journalist Sophia Benoit well and truly exploded the myth played out in countless romantic comedies that modern women would accommodate her partner's all-consuming obsession. She went on to write that men simply aren't asked to involve themselves in women's lives and interests. On the face of it, this would seem true. Nowadays, women and men both play video games. 
women know about, watch and play sport, and some may even like and play subutio. But do we ever stop and ask them, or do we merely assume that they're okay with our obsession? I went on to ask each of our male contributors if they thought there might be something about their love of subutio that their significant other might bear a grudge about. Their responses were quite interesting. First up, Paul Darks, who as you can hear needed a little reminder of an incident he had related in a previous episode to give him pause for thought. In fact, you can literally hear the penny drop when it's brought up. Even then, he still refused to accept that his wife might have grounds for complaint about his love of the game. Yeah, um, I'm having, you know, I, honestly, Derek, if if I want it, I'm having it. I don't think she would be miffed. I really don't think she'd mind because she knows it makes me happy. So I, I would say that she's not miffed about any one of my purchases. Don't get, don't get me wrong, there's a lot she don't know about. <laughs> there's probably some she doesn't know about, but no, I, so you, I think she wouldn't have So you don't think there's all. anything that Not you think all. she might think, oh, I wish she hadn't done that, or I wish she hadn't bought that, or that's maybe a bit too much? I, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, here of the of the um, slot machine. Oh, God, yeah. She, oh, oh, she was probably a little bit miffed just a little bit but she soon calmed down just buy a pair of shoes or something don't you or you just have to do nice things but you know like wash up and just do things that i wouldn't normally do do you know what i mean and that that if any gripe that would be the one because yeah i did kind of ruin the stairs that that but i, I don't think she might have forgot about that there's no need to remind her of it either all right <laughs> but yeah that that'd be the only thing otherwise nothing mate honestly there'd be each partner in a relationship having their own interests and hobbies is often cited as one of the reasons for the success of a happy marriage. Indeed, some women even find their partners having a hobby attractive. In an article for the Gentleman's Journal, Anna Galbraith listed the top five hobbies that men had that made them attractive to the opposite sex. Unless you count it as a competitive physical sport, which was top of the list, Sabutio didn't even make it onto the list, which included reading, cooking, playing a musical instrument, and most surprisingly to me, gardening. Despite the game not being on most women's radar, we often want our significant others to show a greater interest in our hobby. Here's Stuart Grant again, and how he's often tried to get his wife interested in Sabutio. Oh, many a time, many a times. I've asked her to give me a game every now and again. I've asked her to say, mate, fuck it, fuck it, the six aside table, out. fancy having a little game, and she's like, Oh, yeah, maybe. Go on then. And she <laughs> doesn't want to do it. And I've never done it. Or I've shown her a team before that I've bought and she'll be, she'll sort of go to so enthusiasm and then go, I'm really not that bothered. And I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> Although I'll give her a juice. I have said to her about Subutio Fest is coming up because that's on my birthday. And I said to her, I said, Babe, we'll be honest, that's on my birthday. I wasn't going to go. And she actually said, well, no, we can go. For, well, we can go do something the night before. And then like, we'll go away for the weekend and you can go down there in the morning. I was like, yeah, all right, babe, that's a good idea. <laughs> I was therefore intrigued to find out what our contributors' wives actually knew about the game before they met their husbands. The question was hardly out of my mouth before Stuart Grant's wife, Joe, replied. OK, first question. Were you at all aware of the game of Subutio before you met Stuart? Absolutely not. 
Tracy Darks was another who had never come across a game before meeting her husband Paul. However, his passion was infectious and it was about to impact another member of our family. Yes, I was. I was because, um, and actually, no, that's a lie. Because I was with Paul when my brother had a Sabutio uh, pitch and game. And I was with Paul. We were courting at the time. So I would say no. Before I met Paul, it was when I was with Paul that I actually uh, heard about Sabutio. Right. I then went on to ask Tracy if she was surprised by Paul's enthusiasm for Sabutio, given that he has one of the country's most impressive collections. Uh, yes, yes, it did. Uh, yes, it did, and no, it didn't, to be quite honest, because he'd always spoken about it, but the, the infatuation with the purchases and things like that, then I think, no, I wasn't, it was a shock when... I was um, when these little things started started to buy these little things and and save them. <laughs> no one could touch them. So if Tracy hadn't become aware of her husband's obsession until they got together, was it the same for Joe Grant? When did she become aware of Stuart's beauty or habit, and in particular the collecting side, which was going to eventually become so much part of his online identity? Well, before I, before I married him, yeah, but he, I think he started collecting when, when we met, when we moved into our first flat, he started collecting then, I believe. It was a long time, it was about nine years ago, I believe. Yeah. Like most men in the Sabutio community, I'm interested to know what my other half thinks of the game. So I asked both Joe and Tracy to outline what their initial attitude had been to their husband's Sabutio obsession. After all, Sabutio is essentially a game and was originally marketed as a child's toy and their husbands had all played the game as youngsters. I wondered whether they would see their hobby as childish and I wanted to know what their initial attitude to Sabutio was and whether it had changed over time. I was quite surprised by what I discovered. First up, Tracy Darks. To be quite honest, um, I wasn't really interested. <laughs> it's awful. Um, if he enjoys do, if he enjoyed it, then it makes him happy, I, I, and I'm happy for him to do that. Um, there's a lot of things probably he does. Uh, he did in the early days that I probably didn't realise how obsessed he was with it. <laughs> But now I know. <laughs> so has your attitude at all changed over time? Have you got a little more relaxed about it or have you got a little more tense about it? No, more relaxed. More relaxed. If it makes him happy, then I'm happy. He, he works hard and if he enjoys if he enjoys collecting his collection, um, then I'm happy for him. And when he's in his little bubble with his um, doing his sabutio, in the Sabutio room, um, then I get a bit of peace and quiet, to be quite honest. <laughs> so as we can see, Tracy is happy for her husband to have his interest. It serves both their interests well. It gives him a way to unwind after a hard day's work, but it also allows her to have a little peace and quiet. Joe Grant was another wife 
who was initially supportive of her husband's subutio obsession. At first, it just started at little bits because we had we lived in a flat and we had like a massive loft, and it just started buying little bits here and there. And I just thought it weren't that bad at first. Like I don't know what I thought. I can't actually remember. But yeah, then it started getting a little bit hectic. However, the phrase "a little bit hectic" made me think that her attitude had changed over time, so I pressed her on that point. Instead of finding that she had become annoyed about it, I discovered that ultimately, like Tracy, her husband's happiness was paramount to her. I wouldn't say he's changed. I just um, I just let him get on with it, you know. Like he enjoys collecting. Uh, he's got a bit. Not out of hand, but he's he's obviously got a little bit more hardcore with the collecting, and I don't I don't really have an opinion. I just let him get on with it. If he's happy, I'm happy. Given that both Stuart and Paul are, to quote Joe, hardcore collectors, I was curious to find out if their collecting habit had ever been too much for their wives. In previous episodes. Both Stuart and Paul had told us about questionable purchases or near misses. I'm talking here about Stuart's purchase of a farm team at a toy auction and Paul being very close to bidding on a stuffed bird. Was there a time, I wondered, when their wives had considered their hobby was coming close to being a little too much? Here's Joe Grant again. So he, he likes to spend, obviously he works full time, I work, we've got two small children and yeah, he wants to be in that room quite a lot. <laughs> and he's just found a new new uh, thing that he likes, which uh, TikTok, I guess you know what that is. He's just constantly in his room all the time, doing videos, recording podcasts. So yeah, it is a little bit much. Tracy Darks, on the other hand, has a different view. No, I don't think I do. I don't. I don't think I do because, to be quite honest, it's awful to say that I probably, I'm not interested. He talks about it, and I go, "Oh, Paul, you know, I'm not interested." Or something could come through the door. He's book purchased, and he hasn't told me. And I go, "What you've been buying again?" But to be quite honest, no. If it's, it, it's not. I, it doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't bother me. I would argue that we men would like nothing better than our wives to approve wholeheartedly of our hobby, whether it's the money we spend on building our collections or stadiums, or the hours that we spend playing the game or painting teams. In fact, I'd go as far as saying we would love it if they actually shared our passion for what we consider to be the greatest game of all time. After all, as countless surveys have told us, the secret to long and happy personal relationships is often partners having shared interests. Music, cooking, gardening, to name but a few. So why not Sibutio? If the wives of our contributors are anything to go by, I wouldn't be holding our collective breaths any time soon. First up, I asked Jo Grant about her interest in the game. Indeed, did she even have any? I haven't. I want to have interest in it, but I'm just not really like a football person. I don't really enjoy it. So I've, I try and sound interested. And if he asks me to go in there, like I, he's got a, like a built Sabutio thing. He's tried to get me to play it a couple of times. I just don't really enjoy it. <laughs> I asked Joe 
if she thought there ever might be a time where she might become more interested in Subutio. Oh, I just, I, I get worried that if I start getting a little bit involved, he won't stop talking to me about it. I then went on and asked her what it was about the game that stopped her becoming more interested, given how important it was to Stuart. Um, I just don't get, I don't get the, the, the hype about it. I don't get what's so good about it, if you know what I mean. Like, fair enough, you enjoy something. But to ha like, he's got a lot of stuff in there. And it's a bit, yeah, I thought it's hard to explain. It's just, yeah, I just find it a bit weird. Tracy Darks, on the other hand, was much more succinct in her response to the same question about getting interested in the game. No. <laughs> no, that's it. End of. No. Before wrapping up this episode, I'm going to take you back to the beginning of the programme when I asked both Stuart and Paul if they thought their wives might hold a grudge against them for their Subutio obsession. Both supplied answers. Stuart thought that Joe might have been a little peeved about having to have Subuto display cabinets in her living room. He's about to be surprised, as her grudge is a little more recent than that. So it's we've just recently bought a house. So every 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 place we've lived at, he first place we lived at, he had the whole loft, but there wasn't any room for me to put anything in the loft. The second house we lived in, he took up my whole living room, and then we've just bought a house. And he's got the whole converted garage for himself, and I don't, I don't get a look in. Like I can't have anything for myself, so that's my grudge. And do you remember Paul Darks's response to that question? He was adamant that Tracy would have no axe to grind. Um. Oh, right. Oh, thinking about it, it's got to be the fruit machine. Getting the fruit machine. When he bought the first, when he bought the fruit machine, he had to fetch it. Then we had to store it. It was in our living room for four or six months before we could get someone to help him get it up the stairs. And then he damaged my stairs and damaged my stairs and all my decor. <laughs> so. Out of anything, I think, because it was such a big item, I think I think that's the only thing that sort of, like, annoyed me, wound me up. Um, but it's up, it's up in the room now, and I've told him that if ever we move, it's staying there. <laughs> the house comes with a Subutio fruit machine. <laughs> but, no, but I think that would probably be the, the thing, the fruit machine. When the seed of this episode was initially planted, I had expected the women I would interview to be much more disapproving or dismissive of their partner's hobby. But in the end, I've discovered that it's just not the case. We may think that our wives and girlfriends dislike or laugh about our hobby, but in the interviews I have conducted with both Joe and Tracy and the conversations I've had with my own wife, I've realised that when it comes down to it, they just want us to be happy. If we are happy, then they're happy. Perhaps we all need to be a little bit more appreciative of our other halves and what they have to put up with and endure when it comes to our love of Subutio. So I'll leave the last word to Tracy Darks, who I think sums it all up rather well.
I think if a wife isn't supportive, then they won't be with them. Because <laughs> I know that I think if I wasn't supportive, no, that was it. That's it. Divorce courts, they're lost. No. It keeps him happy. And if he's happy, I'm happy. And he works hard to do to, to do it. So he, um, he, and he enjoys it. He just talks about it far too much. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode dedicated to the Sabutio wives and girlfriends, a little known and discussed aspect of the growing Sabutio community. If anything comes from the show, I'd like to think that it'll be a greater appreciation of the sacrifices they make on our behalf, and that without their love and support, we wouldn't be able to enjoy the game as much as we do. So to all the swags out there, I salute you. In the next episode, we'll be talking to some of the people within the community who have made a name for themselves through YouTube, online blogging and podcasting, and what to them have been the upsides and downsides of becoming a face. So if you don't want to miss the show, then subscribe to Finger Flicking Good on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finger Flicking Good is a near time production. It's written and presented by me, Denny Kerr, with contributions from Stuart Grant, Joe Grant, Paul Darks, and Tracy Darks. The theme music is Drive. It's written and produced specially for the programme by Campbell Air of the Future Appeal. Check them out on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify.